When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met, fellow adventurers. Once more, we are Sir Crokington, and we are presumably in the basement of Bearwood Castle. We've just lit the beacons, banishing the mist, and the mist itself, in the form of a mist wraith, was not very happy about that, and assumed a more solid form, and has attacked me, and then is caved in the floor. And then I fell into presumably a basement, or maybe some caves, or something, and became unconscious. This will, of course, be quite a... quite a obstacle in the path of restoring the line of the stewardship of the Bearwoods, the Bearwoods being, being a family of incredibly powerful, powerful mages, who have been keeping a trap, who were keeping a tab on all of the stuff that was happening in the cursed forest of Fogborough. But two hundred years ago, this presumably the same Mistgrave attacked, killed, killed Albrecht. And then it drove away Umdurel. And now, we're here to restore them. We've lit the beacons. And now it's time to deal with the mist wave before it puts them out again. I've just left the game. Just just left it. Did, no, no fancy, no saving, nothing like that. Just left it. Left it as, just left it. And then I came back. You can do that, Innsworth. Anyway, now we shall continue. You awake in total darkness, lying flat on your back. Your head aches, but thankfully you're able to sit up. Despite having struck your head in the fall, you seem to have suffered no lasting effects, save for a dull, throbbing ache at the back of your skull. With a groan, you stagger to your feet. And fetch your faithful light. Huh. Good job that didn't break in the process. It flares to light, brightly illuminating your new, bleak, and unfamiliar surroundings. You're standing in a wide, dark stone passage. To the west, the passage joins a larger corridor running north and south. To the east, the hall is choked with rubble. No doubt the result of the collapse that landed you here. Frosting your trusted light source above your head, you scour the ceiling for any may you, way you may climb up and out of this lair. Much to dismay, it seems that any chance of escaping back through the fissure through which you fell is now gone. Even with Sir Crokington's super toady jumps. You're standing in a wide dark stone passage somewhere below Castle Bearwood. To the west, the passage joins a large corridor running north and south. 
To the east, the hall is choked with rubble. No doubt the result of the collapse that landed you here. And maybe that led to the exit. But Miss Greyfoot probably thought of that and made exiting a little bit difficult because it's got to get some. It's got to get its revenge, and then it can smother the beacons again. You realize that if you're to have any chance of completing your mission, you must find your way out of wherever it is that you now are. Well, I'm in, seem to be in the southwest. Well, near the southwest corner of some place. I go west. A thin blanket of mist covers the floor. Yep, the mist grief is around here. It's all around me. But I can't really do anything when it's in this diffuse form. I have to get it to concentrate. To the north you see a small alcove. Let's go there. You're standing in a small chamber just to the north of the wide corridor I've been following. Save for an iron plaque set into the far wall, the womb is completely empty. Examine the iron plaque. You closely examine examine the iron plaque set into the wall. In the exact centre of this plaque is a small square impression. Maybe the bell would seal would do something? Is that square? Oh, yes, it's square. Let's use that. I used it. 16 XP to general. You press the flattened square crown of the Bearwood seal into a small impression at the centre of the iron plaque. For a fleeting instance, instance from somewhere off in the distance, you can hear what sounds like the faint crackling of energy. You withdraw the wing from the impression and step back from the plaque. Alright, that probably did something. Not sure why. It's lowered a barrier, raised a barrier... Alright, something's coming up now. Ahead of you in the gloomy passage, blocking any further progress on the corridor is a stone wall. The stone that makes up the wall is darker than that of the surrounding passage. Thin, jagged tines of blue energy streak across the surface of the impassable barrier. Did you just say impassable? Don't say don't say impassable around Sir Crokington. That's a challenge. So I'm going to force my way past. The moment you step towards the wall that's blocking your passage, the thin, jagged tines of blue energy rapidly crossing its surface leap out into the corridor, coming within inches of striking you. You narrowly dodge two more crackling arcs of energy as you swiftly move in to engage the magical barrier. It's an energised wall. Did, did I just energise it myself? Maybe. The enchanted barrier emits a deadly charge of blue energy, and I stab it, because apparently stabbing works against walls. Who'd have known? I thought you'd need more, something like a big hammer, but nope, stabbing works too. It is slain. 9 XP. Your final blow initiates a violent series of tremors that pass through the magical barrier in waves. Seconds later, the energised section of the wall collapses into a pile of rubble. Now, the thing is, if that wall wasn't energised, I probably couldn't have done anything. With the passage before you now clear... Clear, well, it's not clear but it's clear enough there's all this rubble in the way but as an adventurer you get quite used to getting over rubble because of all the time you spend in ruins with a with the passage before you now clear you spend a few moments checking over equipment before once again resuming your trek along the gloomy corridor Yep. Alright. Just. Alright, I can go north and something's turning up. Well, there's three somethings making a reverse. Making a reverse L shape. First, the. Just to the north. Is something. Ahead of you in a gloomy passage. 
blocking any further progress along the corridor is a stone wall. The stone that makes up the wall is darker than the surrounding passage. Thin, jagged tines of red energy streak across the surface of the impassable barrier. Attempt to force your way past the wall. The moment you step onto the wall that's blocking the passage, the thin, jagged tines of red energy, rapidly crossing its surface, leap out into the corridor. Coming within inches of striking you, you narrowly dodge two more crackling arcs of energy as you swiftly move in to engage the magical barrier. It's an energised wall. It emits a deadly charge of red energy. Hmm, different energy colours. Well, I guess you've got to mix it up somehow. They don't really do anything different, though. It is slain. 9XB. Your final blow initiates a violent series of tremors that pass through the magical barrier in waves. Seconds later, the energised section of the wall collapses into a pile of rubble. With the passage before you now clear, you spend a few moments checking over your equipment before once again resuming your track along the gloomy corridor. Alright, there are alcoves to the north and west. Let's go north. It's another one of those plaques. Bellwood seal once again. We'll examine the plaque. Small square impression. Bellwood seal. 16 XP to general. You press the flattened square crown of the Bellwood seal into the small impression in the centre of the iron plaque. For a fleeting instant, from somewhere off in the distance, you can hear what sounds like the faint crackling of energy. You withdraw the wing from the impression and step back from the plaque. Alright, let's do it again with the western alcove. Examine plaque. Use the seal. Alright, crackling of energy. 16 XP to general. Step into the corridor. Okay, those... The plaques are still there, even though there's not anything I can do with them. Alright, gone south a bit, and now there's a passage to the west. The dense churning with a fog suddenly flows into the corridor. A gruesome, wispy, wispy waif-like being takes form in the midst of the swirling fog and slowly but steadily adopts the appearance of floating, staff-wielding robed human, its head concealed by a ghostly hood of vapours. You instantly realise you're once again face-to-face -face with the mist waif. A creature that seems unwilling to allow you to escape from his chosen domain. Before you even have the chance to contemplate your next action, the mist wave swiftly dissolves to a churning wither of mist that continues to flow along the corridor. Without warning, a massive troll, formed entirely out of thick, white mist, rises silently out of the sea of fog and attacks. It's a mist troll. Hmm. I wonder if it's bontable. The mist troll silently attacks. You know what? Next time, I'll see if it's bontable. Anyway, it is slain. 6xb. Without a sound, the rapidly dissipating form of your vaporous foe slinks, sinks slowly into the churning with a fog that continues to flow through the corridor. You immediately assume a defensive stance, expecting that any moment you'll be confronted by another of the elemental terrors. Suddenly, however, the fog begins to thin, and after a minute it disappears altogether. You spend a few moments recovering from the brutal fight, checking over the equipment, before once again setting off along the passage. Okay, west is something. It's another one of those walls. Blue energy this time. Just gonna smash my way past it. It's got some energy attacks on me. Powerful energy attack for some damage. I think eight. Anyhow, it is slain. Nine XP. Your final blow initiates a violent series of tremors that pass through the magical barium waves. Seconds later, the energized section of the wall collapses into a pile of rubble. With the passage before you now clear, 
you spend a few moments checking over equipment before once again resuming your trek along the gloomy corridor. Another thing to the south, suddenly. As you make your way along the gloomy corridor, your eyes scan in the darkness for even the slightest hint of lurking danger. A strange, disorientating sensation suddenly comes over you. As your head begins to ache and your thoughts start to jumble, you turn and lean up against the wall and attempt to regain your bearings. Before you can contemplate what is happening, a lucid image of a man's face takes shape in your mind. It is the face of Warbeer, the young mage who delivered you the warning at the edge of Fogbois. Your image of Warbeer begins to speak, and although his voice is barely above a whisper, you have no idea hearing what is spoken. Now I won't whisper it myself, because then you won't hear. In a voice that's barely above a whisper, Rudy's face, a vivid image foremost amongst your thoughts, delivers you a warning. I am uncovered, friend, and I dare not use your name. Who they already know of our meeting. Perhaps much else. Do not fail. It is you who they fear. If I can escape this place, I will find you. They are coming. I must go. They are... The, ha- the ache in your head suddenly subsides. And your thoughts clear. As the haunting image of Rubir and the echo of his eerie warning swiftly fade. For several moments you remain standing against a wall, collecting your thoughts and fighting to stave off an inexplicable sense of exhaustion in the wake of the unsettling event. With your mind still pouring over the young mage's message, you slowly resume your cautious trek along the dark corridor. For somewhere in the distance you can hear what sounds like crackling energy. Alright, something... Something has happened. Alright, making my way a bit more west. And then I made my way north. And I'm in a T-junction. While moving cautiously along the broad, gloomy corridor, you're taken aback by the sudden appearance of an old man up ahead. The white-haired man is back bent, and much of his weight bearing on on the stoke oaken cane upon which he leans, steps out of the shadows and smiles as you approach. You immediately and vividly recall your first encounter with the same man. While exploring the western portion of the outer wood, you encounter an old bent man hobbling along a well-worn trail. He leans heavily upon a stoke oaken cane, looks up at you and smiles as you approach. The white man, who by all appearances seems unfit to be wandering into the cursed wood, tells you that he always ventured into the forest ever since he was a young lad. And I'll find you too, he says, suddenly. A strange, out-of-context statement catching you off guard. If they haven't yet approached you about rekindling the flame, they will. On that, you're my solemn promise. You ask the old man what he's speaking of, but he doesn't answer your question. The light will yet shine from the top of Bearwood, he says. It is now quite plain to me that you will be the one to light it. You may need my help at the very end of things, and you may count on it. Before you can again ask the old man what he means, he turns and wanders off muttering to himself as he picks his way carefully over the uneven forest terrain that lies hidden beneath thick blanket of rolling fog. Still puzzling over his words, he once again set off to resume your exploration. The old man smiles and with his guard index finger points west along the passage. The way out of here is near by, he says. I much prefer the forest, you know. This place was, for a time, my home. You now realise the old man standing before you is a bellwood of the line of Orlinio and Tolinar. He suddenly staggers to reach out to steady him. 
but your hand passes through his shoulder. I know with great effort you're able to retain your own balance. I'm afraid I've not been of this world for more years than I could hope to remember, he says, still smiling. You will never be my hope at the end of things. And, as I told you in the forest, you may count on it. Whoa. I mean, whoa. He's looking really good for someone who's, you know, dead. As the oppression of the old man begins to slowly fade, he holds up his left hand. For the first time, you notice the wing adorning his wing finger. It's identical to the wing given to you by Lorlinia, the bellwood seal. With the image of the only, when the image of the only man has completely vanished, you once again resume your cautious track along the corridor. For some distance, you can hear what sounds like crackling energy. All right, all right, I'm going to make my way northeast. There's a small alcove. Examine the iron plaque. Use the Bailwood seal. 16 XP. You press the flatten, flattened square crown of the Bailwood seal. This is the small impression at the centre of the iron plaque. For a fleeting instant, from somewhere off in the distance, you can hear what sounds like the faint crackle of energy. You withdraw the wing from the impression and step back from the plaque. Back into the corridor then. Okay. A dense churning with a fog suddenly flows into the corridor. The gruesome, wispy. Well, okay, this is another. This is another mist troll. Now, as I said before, let's see if it is bontable. Wait, I have to unequip the shield first. Because a bont. It's a two-handed weapon. Grave toll bont. Let us see. Can we bont a mist troll? You'll, you'll feel weaker as your opponent drains the energy from your body. Uh, I'm not seeing... Hmm. Hmm. Well, no way. I'm not getting the plus... I'm not getting the, the plus tw- 10... 10MR thing, so no. This is not classified as a troll. It just looks like one. I guess it makes sense. If it's not got any of the the trolly parts to it, it's not going to have the trolly weak spots. So the troll bont has nothing to bont. Anyhow, she's still slain. Alright, back to the regular equipment. Quick stab dagger. And glittering ice shield. And heal. Do that too. Without a sound, the rapidly dissipating form of your vaporous foe slinks slowly into churning with a fog that continues to flow through the corridor. You immediately assume a defensive stance, expecting at any moment you'll be confronted by another of the elemental terrors. Suddenly, however, the fog begins to thin. And after nearly a minute, it disappears altogether. You spend a few moments recovering from the brutal fight and checking over your equipment before once again setting off along the passage. Alright, making my, making my way to the T-junction and then west. Distance crackling energy. I do not know what all these crackling energy things are about. There was another one. Here's another wall blocking my path. It's got red energy streaking from this one. That's not going to help it. It's just going to keep getting stabbed until it breaks. Because apparently that works. I didn't know it would work, but it does. Well, probably because it would be just a heck lot of programming to say. It's putting different damage calculations for each type of weapon for every foe and... Honestly, most it wouldn't really even add anything to the game, other than you'd spend you'd spend ages before each fight just going, wait a minute, what type of enemy is that? I got, oh, I got to use. Oh yes, yes, for this type of foe, I have to use this type of weapon. Yeah, it just must be a pain, really, because 
there wouldn't really be a strategy. You'd just be equip this type of weapon. Yeah, and there's no particular disadvantage to doing it. You've slain your foe. Nine XP. Of course, we, we do have weapons that are pow particularly powerful against certain types of foes. We got the the undead Bashu and Jawa's staff, the demon Bashu with the demon scourge, and and oh and, and the goblin doom, of course. Once again, we zoom. Dense with the fog, suddenly flows into the corridor. It's another mistral, just going to quick combat that. Another 6 XP. And it's dispersed for now. There's alcoves to the south and to the west. Try the south one. Examine the plaque. Use the Balewood seal. 16 XP, there's some sort of crackling of energy. Examine the plaque. Balewood seal. For fleeting instance, for some off distance, hear what sounds like the faint crackling of energy, and that's another 16 XP. Step back into the corridor. Alright, just north of that, there's another wall. Force my way past the wall. Just going to quick combat this now. And that's 9 XP. Dense churning with all fog suddenly flows into the corridor. Gruesome. A gruesome, wispy, wraith-like being takes form in the midst of the swirling fog and slowly but steadily adopts the appearance of a floating, staff-wielding, rogue human, its head concealed by a ghostly hood of vapours. You instantly realise you are once again face-to-face -face with the mist wraith, a creature that seems unwilling to allow you to escape from his chosen domain. Before you've even had a chance to contemplate your next action, the mist wave swiftly dissolves into a churning wither of mist continues to flow along the corridor. Without warning, a massive spider, forms entirely out of thick white mist, rises slowly out of the sea of fog and attacks. Hello! Hello, mist spider. It silently attacks. I stab at it, and it is slain. 6 XP. Uh, it dispels just like the troll does. Alright, and there's... To the west, you see a massive stone door. To the east is something. It's another wall. Just going to quick combat that. 9 XP. There's another wall. Quick combat that. 9 XP. Some crackling energy. Ah. Ah, oh, this crackling energy is more walls appearing. Right, they're, they're annoying, but... They're not really stopping me. They're just slowing me down a bit. Which is presumably all the Miscrafe is hoping for. But presumably, it's one of its strategies is just leave me down here long enough that I collapse from exhaustion and hunger. Another wall, southwest corner. Okay, you know what? I'm not going to fight all these. Here's a mist skeleton this time. Just going to quick combat that too. Not even going to try using Jawa's staff because it's not a skeleton. It's not undead, it's just mist. Although there's probably some undead in it somewhere. Alright then. And, alright. Let's try to get through that big door in the northwest corner. And more, more walls just keep randomly appearing along the corridor. To the west you see a massive stone door. You're standing in the western edge of a long, broad, lightless corridor in the strange underground lair somewhere beneath Castle Bailwood. 
to the west, the passage ends abruptly at a massive stone door. Despite the thin veil of mist that swirls incessantly along the passage, the door bears no sign of corrosion. Well, it is a barrel of things that's probably got all sorts of magic in it. Approach the towering iron door. As you step up to the massive iron door, a golden field of energy streaks across its dark surface. The heat emitted by the countless jagged tines of energy now enveloping the door is unbearably intense. Suddenly, with a loud crackle, the golden energy surging across the surface of the iron door flares brightly and then vanishes. You're about to step towards the door, praying it will open and reveal to you the exit from these dark passages. When you're suddenly enveloped in a thick, billowing cloud of white fog, I guess disbanding that, that crackling energy was what using that bell would seal all that all those times did. A, th- a towering, wispy entity suddenly appears out of the mist and swirling sea of fog. A fearsome, vaporous, waif-like being in the likeness of a staff-wielding, robed human, his head concealed by a tattered hood, rises above the mist from which it has taken form. You once again find yourself face to face with a mist waif, a creature cruelly bent on preventing your escape from his chosen domain. The hideous phantom of fog thrusts its staff towards you. A pair of snarling wolves, creatures of mist, take form in mid-air as they hurtle forth from the tip of the staff. You quickly find yourself locked in a brutal fight to the death, against the silent but vicious beasts of vapour. Alright, now are these... Are these mistwolves part of the mist wave? Or are they just controlled by the mist wave? I mean, you could go either way. Alright, mist wolf. You feel weaker. The vicious mist wolf savagely attacks you. You feel weaker as your opponent drains energy from your body. Seven damage, maybe some healing for it. Kind of hard to tell. Okay, and it is slain. 70 XP. Woo, that's pretty good. The first of your mist wolves vanishes as your final blow tears through its vaporous torso. Without delay, the second of the fearsome creatures hurls itself at you, continuing the silent, fearsome attack of its vanquished twin. Mist wolf 2 of 2. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Although I suspect more could be created later. Savagely attacks you, drains some energy, get going, and it is slain. Another 70 XP. The second of the two wolves, like its predecessor, vanishes, moaning into the sea of fog that swirls about your mace. The misgrave again levels its staff at you. Without a sound, a thick stream of dark grey mist erupts from the tip of the weapon and swiftly envelops you. You hold your breath and struggle to escape from the dense grey mist that's rapidly filling the corridor. Picking a number. Bonus of 29. 19 from body, 10 from spirit. Got to get 50 or more. Uh, I get get a cold or something. Pick now. 70, success. You manage to escape unscathed from the noxious cloud. The dense grey mist that fills the passage rapidly dissipates, but the sea of white fog swirling about your waist quickly swells, rising until it nearly reaches your shoulders. Through this river of churning vapours floats the mist wave. Its ghastly form growing as it bears down on you. Realising at once escape is not an option, you boldly hold your ground, 
prepare to forever weird Castle Beowood of the ghoulish menace that has long stalked its abandoned horse. Here it is. We've been building up to it for three episodes now. The Mistwaif itself. Dun 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 The Mistwaif strikes at you with his vaporous staff. Dun 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 The Mistwaif levels its staff with you and a deep grey mist fills the passage as five damage. Which is out for you. Strikes out you with his vaporous staff. You feel weak as your opponent drains energy from your body for 15 damage. Strikes with vaporous staff. Alright, yeah, it has a few different attacks, but. And the other thing to note is it has a lot of health. I've been fighting it for. 23 rounds, and it's only 10% down. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. This is this is one of those you're not supposed to finish it in one round sort of things. But I wonder, how, how far can I get? Gonna heal myself a bit. Alright, keep going. Eighty round eighty start, round ninety. Alright, we're probably I think the maximum round you can have is two hundred. Hand of healing, hand of healing, hand of healing. Alright, round two round round one two five. Keep going, alright, 50% down. Hmm. You know, if you had a load of special packages, you probably could take it down in one round. But for most people, not really an option. Or at least I don't think so. Hand of healing, hand of healing, hand of healing, hand of healing, hand of healing. Don't, 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 don't. Dun 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 yeah, maybe, maybe it's been boosted. Hmm. No, 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 no. No, the thing is, I want to see what happens when you flee. You fled from combat. You duck out of combat and swiftly retreat beyond the range of the Mistwave's deadly attacks. You've barely had your time to collect your thoughts and decide upon the next course of action when the sea of fog that fills the passage suddenly swells and a sinister mistwave is once again upon you. Without a sound, the hideous waif, a creature of fog, rises out of the swirling mist that surrounds you and attacks. You boldly engage the mistwaif, determined to vanquish the gruesome spectre that has longed woe with the abandoned castle. Although it says it's 100% healed, you can tell by just how much damage you do that it's actually just... It's very hurt indeed. Which is out for you. Alright, let's, let's flee now. You fled from combat. You duck out of combat and swiftly retreat beyond the range of the Mistwave's deadly attacks. It's a pommy once again. It's a Mistwave. Alright. You know what? It's nearly done. Let's just, just stab it. It is slain. 135 experience. And then 2048 experience to general. 
and we've not even finished the quest yet. We, I mean, we've done the main objective, but without a sound, the mistway's fearsome form slowly dissipates, melding to the sea of fog that's now swiftly receding along the corridor. Now, normally, when you fight it, you knock it down 10, 20%, and then if you're damaged, you get healed. I'll just check that on the wiki. Yep, that, that's what happens. Without a sound, the mistway's fearsome form slowly dissipates, melding into the sea of fog that's now swiftly retreating along the corridor. Alright, now you're going back to just regular cursed. Cursed fog. You step back and place one hand against the passage wall as you struggle to catch your breath in the break of the brutal melee. It's at that moment you realise you are not yet alone. Lying in the middle of the corridor, like several yards to the east, almost invisible beneath the thin veil of lingering mist that swirls across the floor, is the unmoving body of a young man. You rush over to the body and are taken aback to find yourself staring down the wide, dark eyes of a gaunt but living face. The young man manages a faint smile and tries to speak, but a violent fit of coughing suddenly robs him of his voice. <coughs> like, like that, but you know, better. That which brought... That which brought ruin to our line is gone, he says, his voice regaining some of his strength. You can sense he is near death. My father, Ombrek, chose to fight the creature, and it proved his ruin. In a moment of confusion and cowardice, I fled, sealing the fates of those I left behind and shattering a thousand-year-old legacy of honour. But I must... But I returned. Must be known that I returned. You immediately realised the young man lying before you is Umduel Beowood, son of Ulbrek, and the last recorded steward of his family's legendary line. Despite his gaunt, ghastly appearance, and the 200 years that have come and gone since the fateful events he is describing, Umduol seems not to have suffered the effects of the passage of time. With a weakening voice, Umduol tells you that he returned to the castle nearly a year after he fled with a company of men, eager to reclaim the ancestral fortress from the evil that infested it. You learn that all 15 of the men in the expedition were slain before they could enter the castle, that he ventured inside alone, seeking to confront the malevolent spirit that had slain his father. The creature was more powerful than I could possibly have imagined, he says. It was a demon of fog and mist, the embodiment of the forest creeping curse, a cruel act of revenge set upon our line by the evil which we had for centuries fought back. I only wish it had killed me. Omdro tells you that the mist wave consumed him, feeding off his magical powers, draining his will and unnaturally prolonging his life. I can now follow can now follow my father, likely my son, and my great forefathers into sleep. Thank you, dear friend. Yoff opens to his feet, but he slowly shakes his head. My time is at last at an end, he says, his voice weakening. There is something I must first ask of you. Omdral produces a piece of wagged, glowing paper and hands it to you. You take the paper and are surprised to find it bears no markings, writing or markings of any kind. A faint glow animates from the paper. It's a glowing letter. Let's have a look at it. This glowing letter, in the form of a string-pound piece of tattered yellow paper, 
was given to you by the spirit of Umdral Bellwood, after you defeated his more sinister form in the mist-filled halls of Castle Bellwood. This isn't really a spirit. This is his regular body, just, you know, dying. You must see that it finds its way to the hands of the Bellwood who next seek to inhabit this place. He says, if indeed the line has survived. I have known nothing of the world beyond the walls of this castle since that fateful day so long ago. But I had a son. But there remains a chance that all has not yet been lost or forgotten. Eh, but Umdral's eyes suddenly widen as he spots the balewood seal perched on your fingers. He slowly holds up his left hand displays a familiar band you are of my line you will you quickly shape your hands and explain plain to the dying mage the events that led up to the arrival to your arrival at the castle you hopefully tell Umdwell about Ulunir and the planned instalment of Tilania as the next steward of Fogbra he closes his eyes and at last his eyes and manages a smile and so at last, alone, and in silence, you witness the passing of Umdral Bailwood. Well, right, I think he earned his redemption, and with interest. He's, go he's going straight to Ultra Heaven. For several moments, you stand at the end of the passage, just before the towering stone door gazing down at the lifeless body of Umdral Bearwood. His eyes remained closed, even as death at last took hold of him. The trace of a smile still lingers on his gaunt, sunken face. At last, having decided to leave his body where it lies, and eager to exit these gloomy corridors, you turn and step towards the iron door. The massive, untarnished slab of metal slowly and noiselessly retreats into the wall to your left, revealing a set of broad, steeply ascending stone steps. The stairs lead up directly, lead directly up to a hidden room adjacent to the Grand Hall. You step out through a door concealed at the back of the hall's massive fireplace and promptly begin your trek out of the castle. The swirling bands of mist and rivers of fog that previously flowed through the corridors and galleries of the fortress have vanished. In their absence, the splendour of the castle, seemingly untouched by the ravages of time, is even more impressive. You pass through the outer bailey and leave the castle grounds making your way carefully past the open gates and across the lower drawbridge. When you reach the forest, you turn and gaze back upon the dark, imposing silhouette of the towering fortress, high above the sea of mist that blankets the watting wood, stabbing defiantly through the persuasive gloom that long ago settled on this cursed ground, is the golden flickering light cast by the four beacons. After several minutes, you turn, and without looking back, make your way out of the forest. You, you return to Exeter Twithic, takes you first to Ashler, who will enjoy, for a while, the warmth of the Sage Lord's fire, and two flagons of particularly hearty ale. Folger, the tavern keep, seems especially talkative, and takes to regaling you with several greatly exaggerated tales told to him by travellers who recently took lodging at his inn. You spend the night in Ashlar, and at dawn set out for Twithick, eager to find Orlinir and announce the success of your mission. As you draw near to the Witherport, begin to wonder how it is you'll be able to locate the elder Bailwood. But you then recall what he told you, Told, that, that he told you he would know when the task was completed. You clearly recalled words of Oronir Bailwood, 
Aurelia tells you that he and Telonia are hiding with a trusted ally in the vicinity of Trithic, and they will know when the beacons of Castle Bearwood are aflame. The lighting of the last of the four beacons will lift a great weight from our heart, he says. You need only return to the city when the task is done. Thank you, Sir Crokington, and I pray for your safety and your success. Confident it won't be long until you again encounter Lornier, you pass through the city gates and make your way out of Blade Square. Upon entering the already bustling quadrangle, you spot a coach and driver. You spot the coach and driver from your first meeting with Lornier. As you approach, the driver motions for you to climb into the cabin. There, in the darkened interior of the coach, you once again find yourself face to face with Ornir Bearwood. Before you've said even a word, the elderly man smiles, congratulates you on the success of your mission. As the coach rolls through the city, you provide Ornir with a detailed account of your adventure including the lighting of the beacons, and your encounters and battles with the Mistwave, and your subsequent meeting with Umdwell. And so he lived, says Orlair, his eyes wide, and his bony hands clutched tightly, tightly clutching his knees. No doubt the Mistwave was all the more deadly a foe, having consumed Umdwell's power. It's remarkable you were able to defeat the spirit, a true testament to your well-earned reputation. I'm certain you do not require my praise, but you've done remarkably well, Sir Crokington. You've hanged Orlinir the glowing letter that was given to you by Umdral as he lay dying in the gloomy corridor beneath his ancestral home. His eyes widen as he takes home, takes hold of the wagged, yellowed piece of paper. Yeah, and I've just lost it. I will see what is to be made of this, he says, after studying the empty letter for several moments. It is, as you have indicated, meant for the next steward. I shall see that Tolania receives it. She's already begun the trek to the castle, with her chosen company. She asked me to thank you, though she realises the sediment cannot possibly convey the enormity of her gratitude. Olenia tells you, that the outfit of guards he hired in Migspur have gone with Telania's company and will serve as valued members of her court while she goes about the business of re-establishing the Bellwood stewardship of Fogwar. My own tact protrudes me from telling them so, but the mercenaries, do I use that term, that they acquired in Migspur are certainly a capable, capable lot, he says. They are led by a woman by the name of Azela. Or there's a certain haughtiness about her. It's not a vanity without warrant. It would be difficult, and I dare say foolish, to overlook her skill, her value as an ally. To settle the the matter, my granddaughter has displays a fondness for her. I can only say that Telonia keeps few close to her, and those she does can be deemed worthy of her trust. Orlinir tells you, asks you to repeat much of what you already told him. He asks you to recall explicit details when you are able to, about several things, particularly regarding your encounter with the Mistwaif and Umdwell. It remains a dark chapter, he says at last, despite the unexpected turn of events at the conclusion. Still, I retain the hope. Hope. Hope that a brighter story will now unfold, that something better and stronger will emerge from the shadows of the past. And again, thank you, Sir Crokington. The rekindling of our stewardship is only possible because of you. The elder Bailwood tells you that word has been dispatched to Talonus, informing the king that a Bailwood will immediately be resuming the stewardship of Fogbois. His Majesty may need to consult with this sage to refresh himself on the particulars of it all, says Orlonir siding, smiling. The king is not as old as I am, and even I would need to consult the musty tomes 
on the finer points of the history of our long-interrupted stewardship. You speak at length with Orlonir, and suddenly remember the two items he gave you at the outset of the mission. You hand him back the enchanted torch and the balewood seal. Alright, with that gone, time to go back to your regular wings. Red egg wing, equip. My stats are back up. Neither of those will do you much good now, I suppose, he says, as he accepts the items. He slips the wing back onto his finger and places the torch across his knees. The coach rolls past the city gates and continues towards the eastern section, a sector of the Witherport. Ronio gazes out past the witch's curtain, covers the window, and then produces a leather pouch. He promptly hands the object to you. I pray that you will accept this with our profound gratitude, says Tilania. With profound gratitude, he says. Tilania insisted that you have it, and I do hope that it will be of some use to you. You slowly loosen the strings and peer into the pouch. Much to your surprise, the small leather bag is empty. Reach inside, says Alonia. You heed his instruction and reach down into the pouch. Only a moment later, you withdraw your hands to find a dark, swirling mist entwined around your fingers. The mist has no substance, and yet you are able to take hold and manipulate it, almost as if it was of solid form. This is an, ar- this is an arcane craft unique to my line, he says his eyes fixed on the dark mist swivering through his forest. It was nearly lost forever at the time of the breaking of the stewardship, but I'm thankful to say that, as you can see, such is not the case. Trelonia has adopted and mastered the art, and I dare say her proficiency far exceeds my own. It's a wisp of damp black mist. This strange item was given to you by Trelonia Baywood, behalf of his granddaughter Telania. The mist will provide you with, with a bonus of your choosing. For an array of bonuses, you may select select to change the bonus from a safe location. Roya tells you to examine the mist closely when you have a chance. You must examine the mist and invoke its powers from a safe location. Of course, I'm certain Chilara could extract a bit more for you, he says. In fact, I know she would enjoy the challenge and the opportunity to express her gratitude. You thank Orlonir and tell him to convey the settlement to Tulania. Orlonir again thanks you as the coach rolls back into Blade Square and tells you he will soon depart for Fogborough. As he's eager, he's eager to set foot for the first time in his long life in the halls of his ancestors, and do what he can to help his granddaughter. You've given our line another chance, he says. In a turn, I promise we'll strive to do our part. Fogborough's forever creeping curse has grown in scope and potency during our absence, and there are now new perils, that being the sorceress, to be confronted. One day, Sir Crokington, the forest will be reclaimed, and the curse that hangs over it will be lifted. Until then, you may rest assured that the beacons of Castle Bellwood will burn brightly, and serve as a warning to all that the forest is not a haven for for wickedness, nor a refuge for those of vile intent. The elder Bellwood leads forward and initiates a shoulder cross. You meet him in a gesture and tell him you will visit the castle from time to time, that you hope to meet the new steward of Fogbois. You're always welcome, he says. Thank you again, Sir Crokington. I wish you many blessings and strafe travels, wherever your next world takes you. You bid all in here a final farewell and climb out of the pa- out of the to- coach. As you prepare to depart, he leans out of the door, and presses a black pouch into your hand. Before you can say anything, the door closes and the coach rolls out of Blade Square, presumably bound for the city gates. 
Much to your surprise, the pouch contains a quantity of adventure tokens. That's 16 more adventure tokens. After pocketing... After pocketing the tokens, you linger about the quadrangle, warily scanning the incessant throng that moves through the square, attempting to determine if anyone is watching you. At last satisfied you are not the focus of undesired attention, you make your way slowly along the northern edge of the square. As you scroll past the buildings that flank the quadrangle, your thoughts turn to Warbeer, the young mage who delivered you a timely warning at the corner of Fogbore. You clearly recall the image of Warbeer that appeared in your mind as you struggled to escape from the shadowy lair beneath Castle Bearwood. In a voice that's barely above a whisper, all of his face, and yet a vivid image foremost amongst your thoughts, delivers an ominous warning. I am uncovered, friend, and they dare not use your name. Though they, they already know of our meeting, and perhaps much else, do not fail. It is you to whom they fear. If I can escape this place, I will find you. They are coming. I must go. They are... The ache in your head promptly subsides, and your thoughts clear as the haunting image of Woolabeer and the echo of his eerie warning swiftly fade. You pray for Woolabeer's safety and hope you will one day meet up with him. As the sun nears its lofty midday perch, you turn start down, start down from the eastern edge of Blade Square, passing a cooperage and a group of men struggling to hoist up the back of a collapsed wagon. Normally, you might have stopped and offered them in a hand. But any help you may yet see fit to provide them will have to wait just a little while. Moving past your scene, the scene, you focus your eyes on a small, stone-fronted establishment, hopelessly squashed between a crowded stable and a bustling warehouse, sailing out of its three windows and open door mingling with the crisp early autumn air and rapidly spreading on the gentle breeze now slowly crossing the square is the alluring and unmistakable aroma of shimmering palo. Alright, and that is the end of the Heirs of the Flame adventure. I've just got 8,192 experience to general and 2,048 experience to all skills and powers. Whew, very rewarding. Alright, you suddenly spot a man in a dark blue cloak nearing about nearby. Though you can't be certain, he appears to be watching you. Approach the suspicious character. Oh yeah, he's just... Yeah, he's just a guy who's talking about... Yeah, he's talking about the going and about the fighting the dragon in Ultra. He'll he'll probably be back. Yeah, he he can return. Yeah, he he just keeps he just keeps popping up there. He's just one of those things that happens sometimes. Now anyway, I've got a safe spot. I've got a some mist to look at. Wisp of Black Mist. Examine the Wisp of Black Mist. Aye. This strange item was given to you by Lonia Baywood, part of his granddaughter, Trelania. The mist will provide you with a bonus of your choosing from the way of bonuses. Let's select it. There's a lot to choose from. Alright, I've got 2 million rating, 2 standard points, 3 never reserve, and 1... And three, and plus three to any of the base stats. So, hmm. I could. Hmm. Do I max out agility and body? Or do I get more stats? More of the three base stats. Hmm. You could really have it go either way. Hmm. Uh, Free uh, Neville Reserve. 
There we go. Okay, so that. So that is that. I mean, obviously, the next thing to do is to pop pop on down to to pop on down to the restored castle Bellwood and see how they're doing, and see if they need any help. But anyway, until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.